pressure is a privilege. Yeah. That that's means how you build. A, that's how you grow. That's how you build. Because it means you're in a situation that is an opportunity for you to overcome and to mm. be the hero yeah. in sports, right? Yeah. Or you can shy away and just fold and cry. And people do that and we're human. But that yeah. doesn't mean if you're like that now, it doesn't well, mean that you can't build mm. towards that. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Weiss Achikzad. Weiss is the CEO and founder of Zen Culture Solutions, the Zen of Wall Street. Weiss brings 20 plus years of experience in investment banking of the likes of JP Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. Welcome to our show, my friend. Thank you so much, Shahid. Thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a privilege to be on. Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. It was a great introduction by yeah. Tanvir. He was, yes. <laughs> he was a, a guest on the it's show. All about networking. We, had a, we had a great time. Yeah, we had a great time. It's all about networking indeed. Can you share what's your go-to approach for helping finance leaders thrive in such a cutthroat world of Wall Street? Like any standout tactics that have surprisingly effective with top-tier executives? Therein lies the challenge, Shahid, in that, yeah. in that the culture is entrenched in, in, in an archaic way of leadership. That was really, if you look at the movies Wall Street, right, with uh, Gordon Gecko, greed is good, right? That whole, yeah. there's that, like Wall Street's been lionized in the media, in the movies. And actually, and that was really started in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. When the economy was flourishing and they're under Reagan and uh, all, all that, uh, and post the 70s, nothing's changed from a cultural perspective, right? So when we talk about that, when we're talking about leadership, um, and why would you change things when everyone's pockets are, have been, you know, everyone's got wads of, of cash in their bank accounts, right? Why, why would they want to change what they deem as not broken? And now those people who are in the leadership seats are, are older, they're baby boomers, they're Gen Xers, right? So their whole thing, the challenge to answer your question is we're trying now in my new endeavor after leaving the industry after 25 years to shine a light on the fact that we as an industry need to change. We have to change. It's what breeds corruption also, the mentality of the dollar first. It's when you see the headlines of the Madoffs, the... Epstein's tied to the JP Morgans of the world, right? The Goldman Sachs is writing $900 million checks to the SEC or for this violation or that violation, JP Morgan. It's the culture that breeds the sort of behavior. And what I'm saying is let's now, and I tried to do this while I was at JP Morgan, let's start thinking about the future, meaning that the 30% of our current work population are in three years will be Gen Z. And Gen Z is the X factor here. And that culture that currently exists with a very archaic leadership approach, which is very much hierarchical, right? That's it's we earned our stripes, we went up the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. You have to do the same. So you are now your first year employee. Sorry, you're not going to get any breaks, and you have to follow our norms, our traditions, our way of doing things. 
What I'm saying is I was one of those people who had to follow those guidelines and I accept it. And I went through the wars and the battles of going through the corporate hierarchy and, but I'm not holding our next generation to the same standard because the world has changed. I expect mm -hmm. the same standard in terms of their performance, mm -hmm. right? I'm not cutting them any slack in terms of what I expect of them, but I'm imploring our leaders to change the way that we lead in a world that has changed dramatically just since COVID, but even before that. And, and we're so polarized. We're so red team, blue team. We're not just the US, but the global. Look at the way uh, the, the world has just, we're taking sides on what's going on in Israel and Palestine mm -hmm. and this and that. So the corporate world is a microcosm of what's going on in, 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 the, in the larger, in, in the world. And, what, and, and in every instance, whether you're in the corporate world, when you're in life with your family, what I'm saying is let's start using our, our humanity to lead, right? Let's use our humanity to lead. And what does that mean? That means trust in who we are as human beings in terms of our, our, our makeups as individuals and understand that each person that comes into your company, into your organization, into your family life, whatever it is, adds value in some respect in, in, in one way or the other. They're a human being. They have a certain perspective. They have a certain outlook. What are we doing to understand who they are as human beings? First and mm. foremost, when you can mm. do that, when you have that foundation of really getting to connect with that individual, and I know let's, if you have a team of 15 people, you, guess what? You got to make the effort of connecting with 15 people. That's just the way it is. But my answer to your question in a long-winded way is we need to have human connections with the people that we work with. And what I'm trying to tell leaders on Wall Street is let's use the tools that mindfulness, emotional intelligence, all these, they seem like cliche solutions and, and ways about of, of, of an approach, but they're truly impactful. And it just means we need to change the way that we equip our leaders with the knowledge to navigate in, in this time. And I think the antiquated ways are out the window. If you go to any leadership course on Wall Street, it's very kind of prescriptive. You got to do this and this. What I'm saying is throw it all throw it all out the window. Every single situation in leadership with people are going and teams present a different dynamic. And I'm saying infuse more of the emotional intelligence and mindfulness in your leadership practices as the foundation. And mm. so my mission yeah. is to bring that to to the forefront on Wall Street, because EEI and EQ is a missing ingredient. They don't even believe they don't even know what it is. <laughs> mm. So that's what yeah. I'm trying to do right no, now. It sounds more like a heart-based business than an ego-based business. It's an ego-based business and it has been forever. And I'm saying yeah. let's bring some heart and humanity into it. And yeah. I know it sounds Pollyannish. It sounds people might dismiss it. Not to me. Yeah. Not, not to, to me to, because to, that's where business is going. Emotional intelligence and mindset and mindfulness is a key component for the next generation. Right? It, it completely is. It's funny because if you talk about Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, mm. people will say they have none of that, right? Yeah. So there's yeah. an interesting dynamic in terms of what defines success as a leader. Would I emulate them as leaders? I wouldn't. Are they successful in, how they, in their businesses? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that's the right model for leadership because I know a lot of people mm. within these companies, all, of, all three that I just yeah. mentioned, and mm -hmm. the majority of them are not happy in that culture. Yes. Right? Leaders being different than, than 
running a company. Yeah. I hope I answered your question, but that's where I want to go to Wall Street. So emotional intelligence and mindfulness, how do you actually incorporate that in your coaching in this competitive industry? Can you give some examples? Yeah, I mean, it it really boils down to imploring uh, those that I'm working with to Mm -hmm. make the effort to form human connections with whoever you're working with. Because Wall Street particularly is a bottom line, it's a data-driven business. It's it's Mm -hmm. quarterly earnings. It's what have you done for me lately? And the people are just plugged into various roles without being looked at as people. So what I'm imploring them to do Mm -hmm. is to put them first, put the client Mm -hmm. second. To me, I've managed multiple hedge funds as my clients over the years in in a space called Prime Brokerage, which is a lucrative business in our industry. Shahid, every single time I was in that role and I had all these clients that I were managing and I had great relationships with them, they were not my priority. They were not my priority. My boss wouldn't like to hear that. (laughs) But my priority was the person that I was in in working with or, or that I was, I hate to say in charge of, but that I was working with or I was leading my team, they were my priority, taking care of them. Meaning, are they growing? Are they learning? Am I putting them in positions of success? Am I giving them the exposure they need? Do they have the tools to succeed? Am I putting them Mm -hmm. in a position to succeed? And that was my focus. And when we do that, then just organically, they're they're gonna do right by the client. Right. Yeah, and it will it, reflect onto the, the client. hundred percent, because part of what you're defining for them is their role. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of times there's communication is lacking because your role isn't as clearly defined, but you're also letting them know that we have high standards and that means mm-hmm. serving the client. Right. But mm-hmm. along with that, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to really take care of you, your, your career aspirations, your goals, any strengths and weaknesses that you may have. Let's work on the, the weaknesses. Let's, let's leverage the rest it's, of the team to complement each mm-hmm. other and truly mm-hmm. form a team that is in it for other reasons than just the client. Let's be better than just working for one goal, which is to satisfy the client. Let's work for each other. Let's mm-hmm. work for the mm-hmm. benefit of each other. And we're yeah. going to be stronger together. And ultimately, that will translate in a better performance for the client and for the wider organization. And that will reflect in your bottom line if you can do this consistently across the organization. Yeah. It's like going within without. And it's like you go make a change within or improve or shift the your employees, the people that are in your organization and work your way out that will reflect onto your client base. It's very similar to how we work with people for mindset shifts. Yes. Is that we explain to entrepreneurs, people in business that I know we have a custom to looking for the next strategy to make changes in our business, but why not take a step back and look within first, make the shifts that you need to do within and the mindset, the foundation. And then from that ground, from that center, you work outwards and see what changes so, you can yeah. make. So that in, a, in its definition is being introspective, right? Mm-hmm. So we advocate for being introspective. When you join a team, it's my job as the manager to, or as a leader to understand who you are as an individual. And I, but part of what I'm going to ask you to be is to be introspective about what is it that you want out of this role? What are your goals? What are your 
long, short term, long term, and let's work together to get you there and hold me accountable as your leader. If you feel like you're not getting mm. what you need, and let's keep the lines of communication open consistently, mm -hmm. not just I'm going to meet you with you once a month. Because guess what? It's that's typically what leaders, especially in, in my industry, do. We'll set up a weekly, a, a monthly one-on-one -on -one with you, right? I'm saying throw that all the window. Make your meetings based on the needs of the individual. Some people need more attention than others, mm -hmm. right? And so then you can gauge as to what's needed for that particular person. But guess what? You have to make the effort to get to know who they are as people, as human beings, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Because most important, because what they're mm -hmm. going through that day could impact the way that they, their output is, right? And if mm -hmm. you're, and their needs could, one day they're not married, one day they are, they have a family to support. So their priorities shift, Yeah. right? Yeah. But if you don't make that consistent effort to understand what's going on in their lives, in their world, it doesn't mean you have to get personal or that's depending on the relationship that you have with individually and respecting boundaries and those things. But mm -hmm. it's it, what I'm asking leaders to do today is to make an effort to rather than just because we make that effort for our clients more so mm -hmm. than our own employees. Mm -hmm. Right. We go mm -hmm. all out for our clients in every way, shape or form. Yeah. Well, but why can't we do the same for our employees? And if we do, watch it's what happens to your to bottom do. line. I mean, yeah. Watch what happens. Mm -hmm. Overall, their performance will shift as well. Their state of mind, their fulfillment in what they do, the quality shifts. Yeah, exactly. The focus shifts, the quality shifts. And uh, mm -hmm. it's all about, and it's also imparting this, I call it the wisdom. It's a certain way of imparting this message to them that, you know, and I, I thankfully I've had some great people I've worked with that now looking back on it two, three years from since I left the team, my last team at JP Morgan, they're like, you left us with something that we're going to now carry on to the next team and to the next team. All you can do is influence this, the, the world around you because the larger mm -hmm. corporate dynamics typically are hard to influence, which I really tried to do, or I'm still trying to do now, but really it's starting small and hopefully but you have that influence where others see the example that you're setting and then mm -hmm. they can follow your lead. And that's how you slowly shift an organizational culture, I think. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. So let's talk about handling pressure, emotional intelligence. So yeah. how do you equip these uh, leaders to be cool in those high stake <laughs> moments? Uh, the million dollar question. Yeah. Look, I think we're all different. Our, our DNA is different. Our makeup is different. We all handle situations differently. For me, having been through the 2008 financial crisis on Wall Street, my first month on JP Morgan, the world was collapsing, literally and figuratively, the banks were collapsing. And so, I don't know, for me, I've always embraced those moments. I've always embraced those. And I learned that over time, that when you embrace challenging moments, it it sounds cliche, but it does make you stronger. It does make yes, you. Yes, it does. It makes you resilient. Uh, and it all sounds mm -hmm. cliche, but it's so true. And it's rather true. than shy away from it, embrace it. Take mm -hmm. a step back when you feel like your heart is fluttering and that you're in that moment. You're you, like, this is what mindfulness is. You're conscious of, oh my God, my heart's beating faster. Or you're aware. You're self-aware of what you're going through, your feelings. Mm. That's when you should take a step back take a few deep breaths, understand, give it perspective, understand that let's say it's in a work situation. Look what's happening in the world. Give some perspective to you're just at work. It's not life or death. Yeah. It's not, 
use that as an opportunity to, to be better, to be resilient and go through the fire and you're going to fail. You're going to fall down. Mm-hmm. And in time, as you embrace the mindset, then pressure starts becoming more something you, they say that there, there's that famous saying, pressure is a privilege, right? Mm-hmm. In sports, they say pressure is a yeah. privilege. That that's means how you build. A, that's how you grow. That's how you build. Because it means you're in a situation that is an opportunity for you to overcome and to mm-hmm. be the hero yeah. in sports, right? Yeah. Or you can shy away and just fold and cry. And people do that and we're human. But that yeah. doesn't mean if you're like that now, it well, doesn't mean that you can't build mm-hmm. towards that. Yeah, that's emotional intelligence. You can work on that aspect yeah. of how you deal with things. And getting comfortable with challenges will change your life because now... You can't stop challenges from happening. But if you build a relationship with challenges, you get really good at it then. They don't phase you like you mentioned. They don't affect you as they used to affect you. They don't seem like such a big deal as we used to make them. And it's all a perception. This is where, yeah, and this is where it's so important to train our next generation in being able to cope with, because they've been through the COVID Mm. and the schools were impacted and they're more, they're fragile now. So mm-hmm. how do you think, Shahi, that they're going to, once, once they enter the real world, quote unquote, how are they going to cope with all the challenges that they face if they're as fragile as I guess the reputations are for Gen Z, which by the way, they may be fragile, but they're super bright. They're super talented. They're technological, sa- they're, they're savvy in, in ways that I'm not, that, the, that we're, our, my generation is not. But how are we preparing them for pressure and for challenges? Mm-hmm. And are we teaching that in school? to be resilient, to have mindfulness and, and emotional intelligence development as part of their curriculum. And so that's something I'm working on now is to build curriculum so that schools and, and even onboarding your first year so employees are, mm-hmm. are, are equipped with those tools rather than learning finance, financial modeling, or things that anyone can learn. Anyone can learn anything that is put out in our school curriculums, but mm. you can't we're not teaching these other skill sets. Self-aware. Imp- we're not teaching that. Self-awareness stuff. We're deep not. Deep stuff. The yeah. deep stuff that matter not, in no. at work. It matters matter in your most. families. It mm-hmm. matters in every aspect of your life. And if you mm-hmm. have that solid foundation of, of being self-aware, of being mindful, of being emotionally intelligent, it's going to benefit you in so many ways in your life, not just at work, with your family. Yeah. Yeah. All aspects of your life and the relationships that you build in at work or in your business, they amplify it because now there's no design behind it. You're just you and you're just able to handle whatever's coming at you. So yeah. you're more open to listening. You're opening to giving. And I think it's the future. It honestly is. I remember how hectic it used to be. That yeah. Every little thing would, would bother me, the way someone would say something or yeah. if someone didn't do something that I was yeah. expecting them to do. Yeah. It was just it, such a nightmare. And then those yeah. thoughts would haunt me for days. It would come back even months later. All of a sudden, the thought would pop up, remember, and just put me in that weird feeling state. And it was now that I think about it, I would never want to go back. You know, my late mentor used to say, once the chicken is out of the egg, he never wants to go back in. Yeah. Once you learn this skill. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and yeah. look, every day that we're out there in the universe, whether we're sending mm-hmm. emails, whether we're communicating to our loved ones mm-hmm. or our colleagues, it's, it's the way that you present yourself, the way your words matter and the way that you, your tone, your, 
even like the way we write our emails, our, our communications, mm-hmm. our chats on our while we're texting. Our, so all that is is you're conscious of what is my tone representing? Mm-hmm. Am I how am I coming off? These are like nuances in communication mm-hmm. in in just human interaction that actually mm-hmm. can really impact the dynamic of the relationship mm-hmm. with that individual or of individuals. I just don't think we we know we're teaching that. So I'm actually working on a course right now. Good to, to hopefully get that out in the universe and help corporations, help students get a little more comfortable with their inner selves. Of course. Because inner sometimes self. it sounds right, corny and all that, but yeah. in reality, there's nothing more important. I love talking about the inner world. I used to think it was yeah. corny. Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah, <laughs> but now I mean, I'm all well, about it. I know the power behind it. Right, because what is the perception when you talk about these? Oh, you're soft. You're yeah, you're soft. Like, you're so soft guy, your feelings. Exactly, your feelings. feelings. Oh, funny story. When I was at J.P. Morgan, <laughs> funny story, Shayad. When I was at J.P. Morgan, yeah. this was three three years ago. I created a, a, a leadership course that I thought was l- lacking, and, and that was around emotional intelligence. So I went to my manager, and I did this on my own time. I, I was managing my own team, and I just saw like the level of unhappiness all around mm-hmm. the industry, my world, like the, my teammates—not my teammates, but my colleagues around me and my peers. And it's something mm-hmm. I'd witnessed for years and years. And I said, all right, mm-hmm. Weiss, what are you going to do about it? It's one thing to just get, come in and do your job and get the results. But then you're going home and then what? I said, let me do something on a larger scale and try to influence the organization in a positive way. So I created this on the weekends of this leadership course. And I presented it in, to my manager because my manager managed over like 10 teams. I was just one of those teams that he managed. But they had a lot of, he had a lot of turnover on his teams. And I would speak to the people that would leave and they would tell me why they left. And it, result, it was leadership, right? It was, they weren't happy in how yep. they were being. So that, that was always nine times out of 10, that was the reason. I went to him in, 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 in the hopes that he would be embracing what I was doing to help him, to help the larger organization. So I said, Mr. Manager, I won't mention his name. I did this thing on the weekends. I hope you can take a look at it. It was like about a 10-page deck. And it said, leadership based on the tenets of emotional intelligence. And I called it ACE, Approach, Culture, Excellence. And he looked at it, he's like, Weiss, the first thing that he said is, Weiss, when did you have the time to work on this? Don't you have a job to do? (laughs) That's the first thing he said. Yeah. He go, I said, Mr. Manager, I worked on the weekends. I did my Mm. nights. My team is functioning fine. My own time. I said, can Mm. you just take two minutes to just gloss through it? And he did. Mm. So then he goes... So I'm looking at this, Weiss, and basically you're telling me to lead or telling us to lead with more feelings. Is that right? I said, yes, but it's a little more nuanced than that. And then I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. And he, he just brushed to the side, said, thank you, Weiss. We have a whole department that does this and creates this curriculum. And let's get on to business. He completely right. Yeah. So that is the mentality that I was dealing with. And so... Yeah, it is with feelings, but it's a lot more nuanced than that, you know, and, and, and if you more. can, a lot more, and if you can pay attention to that and actually work on that, everyone, I still have to work on that. It's a daily yeah. grind. I've got it every day. Every day. You check yourself every day. and be like, no. Day. And from a business perspective, it will translate well to your bottom line if you can oh, implement yes. this, these mindsets and mm. help be an influence to other people to come in and join the party, right? The mindfulness and the... Yeah. EI party and um, it'll yeah. go a long way yeah. to being a better yeah no people to being better human beings. 
Yeah, better human beings is the future. And especially yeah. when you can incorporate something on a daily basis and then on a three times a day basis and then every hour and then every moment. Yeah. As you progress that ladder and you make it part of you in every single moment that you exist, I find it to be a superpower because now you're in complete control. The outside doesn't control you. You take your power <laughs> back. Yeah, Love and it. now you're flowing so with life. You're flowing with that river. Yeah. And nothing phases you. Whatever opportunity is coming, you grab it. You yep. go run with it. You put in all the effort and action you need to do to make that happen. You're not attached to it. If it doesn't work out, boo-hoo. Yeah. No yeah. problem. Go to the next one. And living life like that, you get healthier. You want to work out. You want to do great things. You want to help other people. I think it's it's a very masculine thing to to do for men and and feminine thing to do for women. It's very neutral. It's something that every human being should have. Yeah, and and let's face it, though, when we look at the corporate dynamic in the world and Wall Street, it's mostly male dominated, mm. right? And and so we look at mm. the problems that we have, the corruption that we have, the the fact that we haven't changed our culture in so long. It's because we're lacking that. But then mm. when you look at the global dynamic of world leaders that are women. For example, yeah, they some of those leaders, New Zealand, the prime minister there, the way mm. that they she led, they, they okay. so there's something to be said about She's the fact good. that w women have this innate sense of feeling, and but guess what? That's effective in any walk in life, and so there should be more women leaders in industry, mm. and mm -hmm. because they do bring that intangible, those intangible yes. qualities that men mm. and are. We all have it in us, but we're either afraid yeah. to show ourselves. We mask it. Yeah, we, we, we feel like mm. if we do, we're not deemed as masculine, right? Or we're not no. projecting no. this this aura that we're supposed to as men, when in reality, you're doing yourself a disservice and those around you. Yes. And, yeah. and we, I, yeah, it's, we an, it's an incredible topic. Yeah, it is an incredible topic. It's, it's untapped. Um, I think there's an endless amount that we, we can teach hmm. people about it and practice it and... It, it would look at our world yeah. today. It's just so we're so divided. Yeah. We're, it's such a shame. It's all related to the unobserved ego as well. The ego that you're not aware of, it starts taking over to win or to be better. It creates an environment that is not conducive to a better future. We're always uh, butting heads. You don't need to compete. We can create. We have such beautiful gifts yeah. once we bring it from inside out and we bring that out in the universe. Every single human being has such phenomenal uh, gifts to share with the world before they part. Uh, but if we're just living life based on what everybody else thinks we should live, it's, it's not going to be as robust as we are capable of making it. Yeah, I totally agree. This is the other lesson is... Are we, when we be, when we're introspective and when we're when we look at ourselves, I ask myself, am I, what am I here for? Am I being selfless? Am I there to mm. serve others? And what am I doing to impact those around me? Or is it just about me and what I get out of life? How, mm. that doesn't make me feel any better if it's just about mm. me, right? Mm. So I think there's a degree where we're all taught to win in business, to win in life. You have to just be about yourself because that's how you're going to win. A lot mm. of men are like that's it's ingrained in their head that yeah it's it's you first put yourself first and i believe yeah. the opposite which is put others around you first yeah yes yeah. understand that you have to have like boundaries 
so that you're not taken mm -hmm. advantage of, for example. That, that's also a, a doormat. You're not a doormat. So yes. I'm not, that's know, part that's of the, it. That's the perception is that's that you're a doormat. That's the mindset part. It, yeah, exactly. but that's the, exactly. Yeah. That, that's the that's what you could create once you have your power back. Yeah. No one can do that to you because you're so aware. You're even aware right. before and that you, kind you, of stuff. Hundred percent. And then you put, you quickly yeah. put that to a halt. But the point yeah, is, if yeah. you put others first in your business, in your families, in your life, mm -hmm. it will come back to you in so many ways. And religion teaches that to, to a degree, right? It very much does. Mm. So I don't want to get into religion, mm. politics, and all that. But there's a certain spirituality about the principles that we're talking about. And, and some theology just, and oh, science it's theology science and people are afraid to tap into that and when they do and Everything they think changes when they, yeah but when they think of oh you're talking about mindfulness that means meditation and not necessarily meditation is a component of being mindful it makes things one, faster it makes things faster but yeah. it's you know so i guess the whole bottom line here is that i think we need to inject more of this into the universe yes in but in a tangible way which means through curriculum, through formal training, mm -hmm. through formal, you know, schooling. We, why don't we teach these in school as a, as like, instead of history, we need to know history and science and all these things. But alongside yeah. that, why can't we create curriculums that emphasize these development tools and skills that will be more pertinent mm -hmm. than ever as, as life yeah, of, no, definitely. goes on. I appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on our show. It's a wonderful topic. How many guests I had on this show that did we talk about this topic? And most of us, almost everyone has agreed that if this type of information was available starting at a very young age in our yeah. school systems, in our curriculums, everything will be changed. It's a movement. We're part of that yeah. movement and we need to yeah. galvanize the, the, the like-minded people to move towards that. And great. That's what, yeah. great. Great, my friend. Keep in touch. Thank you, Let absolutely. me know. I'm part of that movement too. I know so. you are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so it's great to have you here. Uh, you. If you have anything in the future that you want to come back on the show, Appreciate let me know. It, Love to have you. Appreciate course, your time. <laughs> yeah, once, it, yeah. once it, you launch it, then come back and we'll do another episode. No Perfect. problem. Thank you, Shahid. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye.